0: Good morning, church. You ready to get into God's Word? Psalm 100 is where we will be today. Psalm 100. I know tomorrow is Halloween. We have a lot of activity. It's going to be happening out in the neighborhoods through our Trunk or Treat uh, emphasis. And uh, we're excited for you. And for those who are are going to be participating, I'd encourage you to be praying for all of that as we're now entering into uh, the season of seasons. Uh, and I guess you know Christmas is fast approaching. I, I, how do I know this? I was walking in just three weeks ago, walked into a major department store in South Florida and the entire store was dressed from, from head to toe in Christmas. And uh, I, I asked one of the attendants, one of the workers there, how long that they had had things up and they said uh, the, October the 1st they had all of their Christmas decorations up. And so uh, I don't know about you, I, I like all of the holidays, I love Christmas, and I'm excited about this Christmas season that's coming up, but, but I think we sort of do a disservice in skipping over some of our holidays, and you know one of the big holidays they skipped right over was Thanksgiving, and it, it's true, it's, it's sort of like we, we look at it as we just got to get to Thanksgiving so that, that can start our Christmas celebrations, and it's really you know, the, the beginning of our preparations. Um, in fact even now around here uh, we're we're busy getting ready for advent um, that the four weeks from today we're gonna ha- begin our advent celebration and I c- cannot wait uh, to share with you what this year's theme is very creative uh, so excited you, you want to hear about the the advent uh, I'm not you need to come back in a few weeks we'll tell you all right <laughs> I promise you it's gonna be it's gonna be unlike what we've done before and would encourage you to be be praying about that as we wrap up all of our preparations. We're wrapping up the devotions uh, even now, and uh, we're we're looking forward to what all that's going to be. But you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. In fact, in in all of our attention on Christmas, it really seems that Thanksgiving is an afterthought, something we just sort of skip over, but not this year. This year, we're going to spend some time camped out on on the idea of being grateful and being thankful. And we're going to give Thanksgiving its due attention. And so, to do that, uh, we're going to be spending four weeks in the Psalms in a series of messages we're calling Thank You, God. And uh, because, you know, the, the call to be thankful is found throughout the scriptures. You'll see it in both, both Testaments, but especially in the Psalms. Remember, those, the Psalms was, was the songbook of the Old Testament saints. And uh, so, you'll find in many places references to gratitude and thanksgiving throughout the, the Psalms. And so what we're going to do is every week we're going to examine a different psalm all reflecting upon thanksgiving and each of these Psalms as we look at them uh, have a prominent call to be grateful. And today we're going to be in Psalm 100. And there we're going to find several reasons as we will in each of these Psalms. And by the way, you'll see some repeated themes as we go from psalm to psalm to psalm over these 4 weeks, but we, we, are found, we find several reasons to be thankful. And here in this particular chapter uh, of, of the book of Psalms, this particular psalm, we'll we find three reasons uh, to be grateful. And we'll see it here as we read it together. So, why don't you stand with me? Let's read these five verses from Psalm 100 Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for not being as grateful as we should be. You are such a good and loving and faithful God. And so Lord, as we take a few weeks to reflect upon your character, and upon your nature, but also upon your work, may we be encouraged to be more grateful than we've ever been before. To see your handiwork in all things and to be reminded of your character as we do. So, Lord, encourage us to be a grateful people as we say to you, Thank you, God. So with your, in your name, we pray it. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. Speaking of Thanksgiving, how'd your football team do yesterday? Mine, not so much, right? You know, regardless of outcomes with football games, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to, to go up to Gainesville or to your, to the, uh, to your, home, your favorite team's home stadium. Um, you know, going to a football game in person is exciting. That's an investment. You've got to spend a lot of time in money and preparation and, and going there. Uh, but they're really big events in ways that very few sporting events allow. I mean, just think about... Uh, the, the, the occasion of going to a football game and approaching the stadium. You know, there's this steady flow of foot traffic that begins to build as the game gets clo- closer. People are tailgating everywhere, uh, making a, a big to-do about it. There's, there's just an electricity in the air, an excitement in the air. And then there's the music. Uh, sometime bef- before the game begins, they crank up the PA system inside the, the, the stadium uh, not just for the folks that are in the side, but you can hear the sounds on the outside of the stadium. And the closer that you get to the stadium, uh, you know, the sound that's coming from out the stadium becomes clearer and clearer. And the louder that the music gets, and in fact, even inside the stadium, the music is loud and upbeat and it's exciting. And there's a purpose to it all. It's all about bringing excitement and preparing the, the crowd for the game, that a significant event is about to happen to focus your attention upon the game and it really raises your expectation level over about what's to happen you know in the old testament when the old testament saints were going to worship there may have been that kind of building of excitement as people approached the place to worship the lord imagine that you were in israel a long time ago you didn't live in Jerusalem, you live perhaps far away, but it's time for one of the annual events, one of the annual feasts. And as you're expected to do, you're, you're making a pilgrimage uh, to, to, to Jerusalem, to the capital city of Israel, making your way to the temple as you're supposed to, and your goal is the temple. There you're going to worship the Lord and give thanks to Him and offer a sacrifice to Him, and just to say, Lord, I'm thankful for all that You have done, for me, for my family, for my fellow Jews. But you know the trip was not easy in those days, especially if you lived far away. Oftentimes people would, would travel by foot and it would take some time to get to the capital city. And though you were excited as you began the journey, the day would grow longer and the heat would get hotter and you would arrive more tired than you expected. And the city was filled up with fellow worshipers and fellow people on 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 fellow pilgrimages coming and so the crowds were growing and growing and you're finding it yourself harder and harder to make your your way through the crowd the closer you got to the temple and you've got this animal that you're going to sacrifice you're trying to pull behind you and you can feel your frustration level growing with each step maybe this is sort of like some of you getting to church this morning i don't know but as you're drawing near to the temple, that's when you begin to hear it. First you hear some shouting in the distance, and then you begin to hear music. And as you approach the entrance, you see singers who are beckoning you to enter into worship. They're lifting up a song of praise, prompting you to join in the worship. And what you've just encountered is a call to worship like what we've just read about in Psalm 100. In fact, this psalm was likely used to draw worshipers into the temple. It was directed to the worshipers calling them to engage in worship and gratitude. And, and if it was this psalm that was being sung, here's what the worshipers were being challenged to do. To make noise. Joyful noise no, nonetheless, but to make noise. To be excited uh, about what is about to happen. To serve the Lord with gladness. So serving was a part of their worship. To, to come into His presence and yes, to sing, but also to know. To know that the Lord, He is God, and that He is the one who has made us, that we belong to Him. We are His, we are His people, and we are the sheep of His pasture. So to hear this music prompting them, this call to worship, urging them to approach the Lord. But then they were told to enter into worship in a particular way. You'll see it there in verse 4 enter his gates with thanksgiving enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise are you a thankful person do you know how to, to demonstrate it i admit this is one of my areas that i struggle in some ways but but part of that i think comes out of who i am i'm not i'm the kind of person that doesn't expect people to thank me it's not a not a necessary thing for me and part of it is just my mindset is I believe in duty. You know, you do what you're supposed to do and you do it whether you receive uh, thanksgiving or not, appreciation or not. And so you may be like me, you may struggle a little bit with being thankful, or expressing it. But you know, that's no excuse because the scriptures exhort us to live our lives with thanksgiving, especially thanksgiving to God. But do we really do that? Do we truly live our lives with exp- with, with Uh, expressions of thanksgiving when you walked into this place this morning did you enter into this place of worship with thanksgiving was that were those thoughts upon your mind you know for many of us our thoughts and expressions of thanksgiving are basically limited to praying over the food before we eat if we even do that remember how we would sometimes teach our kids to pray god is great and god is good let us thank him for the food right I'm not saying that you're wrong if you taught your kid to do that, but you know, doesn't God deserve a little bit more than lip service when it comes to our thanksgiving? Doesn't He deserve more of our sincere appreciation and more than just praying a thanksgiving over our food? Because consider this, He blesses us in so many ways. And we just take it all for granted. I want you to think about it. Right now, God is blessing you, and you may not even realize it. How do I know? Well, you're alive. You're alive. In fact, right now, I want you to... That's good, yeah. I want you right now, take your, your fingers and put it on your wrist. See if you can find your pulse. Can you do that? If you don't find it, let somebody know them quickly, all right? That pulse, if you're feeling it, is a reminder that your heart is pumping on its own. Take a breath. Take a deep breath right now. And exhale. Now you consciously took a breath and breathed, but before I told you to take a breath, you were breathing and you weren't even thinking about it. You did these things automatically. Your heart pumping, your your lungs breathing, and you you didn't have to tell your, your heart to pump. You didn't have to tell your lungs to breathe. You know why that is? Because God is such a wonderful God. He has designed you with the blessing of life. And that's just a small reminder of how God blesses us in so many ways, and we should be thankful for it. Now here in verse 5 of Psalm 100, we're given several reasons as to why we should be thankful. Three broad reasons explicitly revealed here as to why we should often say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's take a look at them very quickly. The first one, and the first reason why we should be thankful to God is simply this, that God is good. That little prayer that we sometimes teach our children to pray wasn't wrong after all. God is good. Look at verse 5. Upon telling us to enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise, giving thanks to Him, blessing His name, verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good you know each of us can list a a, a list of thanksgivings very quickly we might say well i'm thankful for my family i'm thankful for my spouse my kids i'm thankful for freedom i'm thankful for my friends i'm thankful for my church and yes we should be thankful for all of these things thank you god uh, that my family is healthy and thank you for allowing me to live in a land where i can express my faith and thank you for the joy of my children And thank you for surrounding me with loving friends. And thank you, Lord, for giving me this wonderful Christian church family. These are wonderful things to be thankful for. And yet, here we are told to simply thank God because the Lord is good. We we shouldn't just thank Him for for what He has done, but we should give thanks for who He is. And He is a good God. Jump back up to verse 3 for a, a quick moment. Verse 3 proclaims that the, the Lord is the creator God, and that he created all that is. As he says there in verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. You know, though the, the secular humanist rejects his existence, God does exist. Though the evolutionist re- rejects his existence, it is God who has made us. God exists. He's created everything else. He is an almighty and he is a powerful God, but he's not just God. He is a good God. He could have created us and set us adrift, but he didn't. He has watched over us and he's cared for us and he's provided for us and he has blessed us. And notice that he claims us as his. We belong to him. He cares for us because we are his and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture isn't that a good thought about the lord that that he actually takes ownership of us now this verse is either warming your heart or or it is infuriating you to know that you belong to him to me it warms my heart someone to say no i'm my own person And I can make my own decisions, but the one who truly understands who God is, that He is God, that He he does exist, that He has created all that is, but also recognizes that He is a good God, to be owned by Him, to belong to Him, is a very good thing. Because He is a good God, we know that He will do good by us and has done good by us, just like a shepherd does good by his sheep. So be thankful to God because God is, is good but also because god is love that's the second truth i want you to understand god is love we, we give thanks to him we bless his name verse 5 for the lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever this word that is translated in the english standard version out of the out of the Hebrew, translated as steadfast love is sometimes translated as faithful love or mercy it comes from the hebrew word hesed which means loyal love it has a range of meanings but it's not you know we've sort of messed up the word of love by giving it all all kinds of broad meanings but this has a very specific understanding here it is a covenantal love it's the kind of love that describes god's commitment to his people when he entered into covenant with them Hesed is uh, was a favorite word of my Old Testament professor, Dr. Dan Block, so much so that when he got his license plate, when he moved into the state of Kentucky, he put it on his license plate: H-E-S-E-D, Hesed. And the reason why he said I did that is because I believe that that word Hesed describes God's greatest attribute in the Old Testament: His loyal covenantal love. You see, it is God and how he loves us, that he loves us with his Hesed love. He loves us unconditionally and mercifully and passionately and consistently and loyally. And guess what? He expects you and I to love him in the same way and to love others in the same way. And so this Hesed love, this loyal love, it's, it's not really based upon your feelings, Love based on feelings, the world's love is fleeting. And when the the feelings go, guess what also goes? The love goes. It's it's like this cartoon I once saw of a couple that are getting married, and the pastor is there, and he says to the bridegroom, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife for for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness or in health? And then the bride interrupts very quickly, please, sir, you're going to talk him out of it. God's love is not something He can be talked out of. He is committed, He is faithful, and He is loyal. A love that you can be talked out of is a worldly love. It's love that that lasts only for a time. It is love that is merely what you can get out of it. But that's not hesed love. Loyal love. Loyal love is based upon commitment. You stay true no matter what because that's what you agreed to do. You're, you're loyal to your commitments. It's about remaining faithful. You know, we, we need more of this kind of love in, in this world, this loyal love, this faithful love. We need to see chesed love in our marital relationships because so many today really don't understand what it means to be loyal in marriage. We need Hesed love in our parenting relationships. Parents, you need to cultivate loyalty with your children. Spending time with them and investing in them, leading them, even when it's not easy. And yes, kids, I know you're in the room. You also need hested love for your parents. You need to be loyal to your mother and your father, even when you disagree with them. Even when you think they don't know what they're talking about. They probably do. They're looking out for your best interest, even though you may not see it. And we need this chesed love, this loyal love in all of our relationships, in our family relationships, in our church relationships, in our business relationships, in, in our relationships with our neighbors, knowing that it will make a tremendous difference in our lives and in theirs. So wh- where do we get this loyal love? You know, it's from God himself. God himself first loved us with this chesed love, with loyal love. And one last truth about God and our thanksgiving toward Him, and why we should say thank you, God. And very closely related to His loyal love, and this is the truth that God is faithful. Verse 5 again, we're to give thanks to Him, for the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. He is faithful. He's not just faithful in the moment, He is faithful to all generations. It means that he's always been faithful, never wavering. It's hard to imagine, but we're now about to approach 20 years since the space shuttle Columbia disintegrated over the sky, over the skyline in Texas. Almost 20 years ago in February. It happened February 2003. The space shuttle had entered into the atmosphere and uh, there was one of the, the, the protective blocks, insulation blocks, that sort of became loose, as it was coming through the atmosphere and it caused uh, some fire to go in behind the, the protective covering, and it just disintegrated across hundreds of miles in Texas within a few seconds after entering. The space shuttle's commander was a man by the name of Rick Husband, and uh, it was his wife, Evelyn, who was in at Cape Canaveral when they were waiting for the, the, air, the, the shuttle to make its way across Florida and land there on the space coast when the officials there quickly gathered the family who were in front of the, the cameras and, and shut, shuttled, shuttled them out of the room very quickly, her and her kids and the other uh, families of those who were on that uh, space shuttle. A year later, Evelyn was reflecting upon what had happened that day and She remembers the occasion of watching and looking into the face of her children, a boy and a girl, ages 7 and 12, and knew that their lives were changing, and she knew how much this tragedy was going to impact them, but she also knew that in the midst of intense suffering, as a faithful follower of Christ, she knew that God is faithful. She said, reflecting, one year later, she said this, she said, deep inside, I knew God was going to walk me through this somehow. I knew it because he had walked with me through other crises earlier in my life. She had watched the Lord's faithfulness over and over and over. So when this new tragedy, this n- new problem happened in front of her, she trusted the Lord knowing that he was faithful before he would be faithful again. And indeed, God is faithful. And if he is faithful, that means that he is worthy of our trust god is good god is love god is faithful that's, that's a pretty good summary of the character and nature of god is it not i mean when the jews of old would have heard this that it would have prompted them to praise the lord to be grateful and if it would prompt them to praise the lord and to, and to express gratitude to the lord shouldn't it prompt us to do the same let me tell you why it should god's goodness and his love his faithfulness, they're not just theological concepts. His goodness is a person. His love is a person. His faithfulness is a person because all three of these traits are embodied in Jesus. Jesus is good. He is love. He is faithful. He is worthy of trust. Remember that God loves you and he loves me and that he wants us to know him. He wants us to have a relationship with Him, because that's why we've been created. He created us to know Him, to be known by Him, and to worship Him. But we know, according to the testimony of Scripture, that something stands in the way between every human being and God, and it's our sinfulness. Our sinfulness has separated us from God, and because of that, there's this great gulf that exists between Him and us, And we cannot cross that gulf. We we are separated from Him. We are dead in our trespasses and sin and cannot cross the gulf to Him. And we have a problem that we cannot overcome. But you know, God Himself provided a solution to the problem. God, who is good and loving and faithful, sent His Son, Jesus. Jesus, who is God, the Son of God, to die for us. He took our place. His death bridged the gap between us us and a holy God. And now, those of us who will repent of our sins and profess faith in Jesus Christ, we can know God and He can know us and we can worship Him and express our gratitude to Him. See, we we, we trust Jesus, the one who saves us from our sins. This is an enduring truth. And Jesus has saved you if you've trusted Him, repented of your sins. And isn't that a good reason to be grateful, to be thankful? Again, we're thankful because... Jesus is good, Jesus is loved, Jesus is faithful. These are great expressions of our thanksgiving, but how can we then express our thanksgiving in return? Well, do not gloss over the the expressions of thanksgiving that you find earlier in this chapter. I'm not going to camp out on these, but I just want to bring them to your attention again. If you go back to verse 1, you'll see it calls us, To make a big do to do over what God has done. He says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness, verse two, come into his presence with thinking, with with singing, excuse me. Know that the Lord is God, that it is he who has made us, we're his people, uh, that we belong to him, the sheep of his pasture. And so these are not timid, reserved expressions here. These are bold and active expressions. We are to shout. Now I, I know that may put some of you, you know, uh, frigid, frigid, uh, uh, frozen uh, f- uh, folks uh, that don't don't know Jesus uh, in a, in a warm, f- fuzzy way. It may make you a little uh, uh, squirm a little bit, but if He has done something good, it's worth proclaiming loudly. Thank you. We are to shout. Can also say we are to serve. I mean, if He's done something for us, we should respond by serving Him in return. And we are to praise Him. We express it in song, we express it in prayer, we express it in proclamation, but can I tell you, when He says that we are to enter into His gates with with singing, He really means that you're supposed to sing. Now listen, I'm going to encourage you, because I've, I've watched... Over the last few years, the, the growing intensity of our expressions of, of praise and thanksgiving and song as we gather to worship. Very soon, we're, we're going to have someone in front of you, I'm not sure when, but I, I, I'd say very soon, we'll have somebody in front of you who's going to be responsible as a pastor to lead us in our musical worship. You need to be praying about this process, right? Right? You need to be praying for Ken Venkura, who is our consultant. You met him a few weeks ago. Um, we've been told very soon we'll, we'll, we're going to start honing in on an individual. And, uh, but I've been thrilled by the journey that this church has been on. We've wrestled with worship for a long time. We're not wrestling with it anymore. We, we are expressing multi-generational worship from, from the oldest to the youngest, gathering together, singing the, the hymns of, of the faith from a long time ago, singing new hymns but all putting our voices together and we're being faithful to this passage that is calling us to enter into his gates with singing. But also, we're to acknowledge God's role as God. If we want to express our thanksgiving to him, we, we say thank you to the Lord by just letting him be who he is, that he is God and that he is Lord and that we recognize that He's God and we're not. And that we belong to Him, we don't belong to ourselves. So friend, let me ask you, have you personally experienced His goodness? Have you experienced His love and His faithfulness? If so, be thankful. Demonstrate your appreciation to Him. Shout and serve and sing and acknowledge the God who has created you and has given you a breath in your lungs to sing Him, to praise Him, and yes, to thank Him demonstrate your appreciation to him if he has saved you and if not let me tell you you can experience all of these things yes you can but you must turn to him today just a moment i want to have a word of prayer with you and i want to pray over you but if you're here today and you've not yet truly recognized the goodness and the lovingness and the faithfulness of the lord because you've just not recognized him as your lord and your savior let me put forth this challenge to you today today let it be that you surrender your all to jesus because jesus is god jesus is good in fact so good he never committed one sin while the rest of us have been cursed by sin and have embraced our sin nature and have remained dead in our sin Jesus, we'll we'll speak of this when we get into our our Advent celebration, Jesus, the reason why we celebrate His coming in this world in the the Christmas season, Jesus is the incarnate God, both God and man in one, God in, in the flesh. And He came and He lived a perfect life so that He might lay down His life as a substitute, as a sacrifice for you and for me. And he died, he was buried, and he came back to life, proving that he was God and that he overcame sin and death. That he paid the penalty of our sin. So that any person who would repent and believe in him would be saved. Jesus is good. And out of love he came to save you. And he is faithful to the cross and beyond to the end. Jesus can be your God today. Let me challenge you, if you do not know him, that today be the day that you surrender your all to Him. When we conclude our service, which is going to take place a little bit later. We still have the Lord's Supper. We're going to participate here in just a moment. But when we conclude our service. If you have any questions about what it means to be a Christ follower or any other spiritual matters, we, we'll have pastors available for you. In fact, one of those pastors will be at the cross off to your left, to my right. Uh, you'll also find other pastors scattered throughout the building and out in the foyer we would implore you to seek out one of our pastors and to talk with him about what Jesus means to you, who he means and how he means to you, and how you can surrender your all to him today. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that this day is the day that you've given us to come here and to worship you, to shout, to praise you, to sing of your goodness, of your love, of your faithfulness. Yes, Lord, to express our gratitude for that and more. And Lord, I pray that as we depart in a few minutes, that there will be more true worshipers departing than when we began today because prayerfully, Lord, someone today who walked in an unbeliever will truly recognize that you are the only God and petition you for salvation. Lord, save some today, we pray. Now, Lord, as we turn our attention to your table, remind us that out of your goodness, out of your loving kindness, out of your faithfulness, you laid down your life, you paid the ultimate sacrifice. And Lord, for that, there's no greater thing for us to be grateful. So let us worship you with gratitude as we take of the table, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.